there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, April 5th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockcroft. Kyle Safi produces and researches for our show, and I am merely Eric Carabell. So much to get to today. The first weekend of the MLB season is over and done with, and what a weekend. Tristan, how was your weekend? Oh, it was awesome. There is nothing quite like real baseball stats. I'm loving it. Yep. And there were a lot of weird and wacky things, which is, you know, the sign, the best sign there is of a new baseball season, right? I mean, names we never would have expected to discuss on the show are clearly coming up today. No question, right? Tristan, tell me all you know about Yerman Mercedes a week ago. You didn't know anything. I didn't. I mean, I knew the name. We're going to get to Yerman and some of the other players because surprise closer situations changed out of nowhere. Um, guys knocking in runs all over the place that we knew of, but we didn't think of them in a fantasy aspect. And of course, Sunday Night Baseball. What a performance there, which we're going to open with because what Shohei Otani did, it didn't change my mind. And I wrote about this on Monday about what to do with him in a fantasy baseball aspect. But I'm wondering if it changed yours. I mean, we know he can be a great hitter and we know he can be a great pitcher. Can he be both at the same time in the same game for six months? Tristan, your thoughts. All right. Well, I'll delay my answer on if I know about a certain player who set a record this weekend. Because, yeah, you're right. Otani was a very big story. And he was trending that way during spring training. You and I had talked about this a bit. I wrote about him in one of our roundtables hinted in another column about him, Uh, the fastball velocity has returned. We saw this on the national stage, which is the most important place for us to see it. Everybody could witness it. He did hit uh, 100.6 mile per hour uh, with his fastest fastball. Of course, he hit that first pitch uh, (laughs) home run, 450 feet. It showed the, the upside, frankly, that he could have. If you take the first four innings he performed on the mound and the home run, those are the best case scenarios for him. At the same time, he just lacked control and command in that final inning. He kind of ran out of gas. And that's the concern, is the durability. The durability, those questions were just as valid as the high-end outcomes. And that's the Shohei Otani story. He could be a top 50 overall player for you, or he could be a guy who doesn't really contribute much and is a back-end ESPN standard rostered player. I think he could be a top 10 player. I mean, if he continues to do both of these with volume. I mean, he's the number 11 guy on the on the player radar right now after one weekend, and that's only because he has both hitting and pitching stats. Zach Wheeler's hitting stats don't count, which seems a little unfair in retrospect. I mean, if we're going to count Otani's, why aren't we counting everybody's? But you wouldn't want everybody's. But the point is, if he could make 25 starts, and he'd have to be a little bit better than that, he'd have to win some games, and he could be like a 30-homer, 20-steal guy, which he can be. He'd be a monster. I just don't think he can do it. I don't think he can stay healthy for six months. Now, that injury at the end of that game on Sunday night, that, that's a fluke. You know, him throwing a, a wild pitch, strikeout, turn two run <laughs> thing. That was a wild then, throw to first base, error thrown to the catcher. Not a good throw to him where he, you know, I mean, he, he's got to get there to cover home plate quickly. Complete fluke situation. I just hope it was nothing with the knee or the ankle. Those were the things that I worried when I first saw it. And he's sitting out Monday as a hitter, and that might have happened anyway, but that's part of the issue. Volume. Yeah. yeah. Like and if he's gonna, you know, if he's gonna bat in 120 games, that's a problem. Right. And and I think it was great news that he was in the lineup and they they uh foregoed their their designated hitter for this game in order to get Otani in the lineup. That is going to maximize his output. And of course, it's gonna lead to the unfortunate questions in ESPN leagues and as well as in, in other games elsewhere off site. That why am I not getting his hitting stats? Well, the reason you're not getting his hitting stats is you have to make a choice which side you're going to take his numbers from. And, you know, if you're going to take his hitting with his pitching on those days, 
Are you going to take it for all the other pitchers? Because the answer to that is a very clear no. And it's you, know, you mentioned the player rater thing. He's, Otani's the ultimate conundrum here. He has a mathematical advantage just based on the way we have to calculate those stats. So he's always going to end up better than the numbers you extract from him, especially if they do put him in the lineup as a pitcher batting on those days. I have nary a share of Otani in all my leagues, fantasy or sim. First. Same here. I couldn't get him. So you wanted him. He yes, I did. There was one situation where no, actually, I'm sorry. I do have one share. I, I forgot. I forgot about the family league. I and that's yeah, I've have a league with with family for the first time ever. I'm so excited about it. That's sure the one place well. I have a share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. That, I'm sure nothing could go wrong there. But yeah. let me ask you this general question. And I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you. I take the under on 20 starts a season. I take the under on 450 plate appearances because it's just this has never been done since Babe Ruth. So my question to you is, if you've got Otani right now in ESPN standard, do you try to trade him? Because his, his trade value might never be higher than it is today. The way he looked for a lot of that outing on Sunday night and the way he hit and stole a base this weekend, he can be a fantasy monster, something we've never seen before. Is it time to trade him away? It perhaps is, yes. Um, and you can use that player rate or number you had mentioned. I mean, yes, I don't think people invest, for the most part, in those minuscule numbers, but... The excitement is potentially at its peak, or certainly it was after one inning was in the book on Sunday night. There's no question about that, that that was the peak point, I think, of where Otani's value is going to be. Is it today? Maybe it's the next day that he's in the lineup as designated hitter, and we've all declared that this injury is behind him. It's a fair point, and it's certainly worth floating his name out there to see what you could get. I hate to be negative, but again, do you agree with me? Under 20 starts, under 450 PAs? It's just hard to... It's hard to be... I, I, I want to be realistic here. Yeah, that's, I, I think it's more realist, realism than pessimism. I think you're being fair about this. I would say that you're probably dead on that he's under 20 starts. I think he could get more than 450 PAs. The problem is if he has a catastrophic pitching injury that does legitimately sideline him, that will cut into the plate appearances. I, I, they're, they're, I, I can't see many paths to him playing through everything if he gets hurt as a pitcher. Moving on, Yerman Mercedes, who I look. You want to know about him? You want to know about him? The all I, I know wa- about him: twenty-eight year old catcher eligible player, which is good because he could have been DH only with the one game last season, and he was a Rule Five minor league draft pick, who always hit in the minors. And he's a kind of a journeyman, obviously, and in, in, in all my leagues except this one, he's not a catcher actually. Um, he's a yep. DH in most leagues, so check because your the league. One game. Because, you know, so just check and make sure your league. But um, so he was the regular DH this weekend and these weren't cheap little ground ball singles. He was hitting the ball hard and then pitchers, you know, reacted to him and then he had to face Otani on Sunday night. So he didn't go nuts there. But overall here, give me a projection. He's the number one most added player in ESPN leagues. And I say go for it. He could end up being a top 10 catcher this season. He could end up being a top 10 catcher. He could bat 280 with 20 home runs. I don't know. And that would be a top 10 catcher. He could be better than Carson Kelly. Yadier Molina, Buster Posey, who already has a couple home runs. This guy could hit better and play more because he's going to DH and not catch. But let's be real. It's one weekend. He's probably not going to be better than these guys. But what say you? Would you add him and drop any of the catchers I mentioned? Posey, Kelly, Molina right now. I'm going to pick the three most relevant words that you had in that uh, analysis of Mercedes. And I'm trying to be fair to every player in baseball I hear about this. I don't know is accurate when you're talking about a weekend's worth of stats. 
we don't really know. And you are right that he could, on the high end, get into the top 10 catchers. I am most certainly not going to invest at that level. The way I see Mercedes is a lot the way I see Alejandro Kirk of the Blue Jays. He's got very good numbers and a good approach at the plate, and he's not going to hurt you from that position. And that is a fair angle from catcher. At the same time, he put the ball in play, and when he did, only one-third of the time did he make hard contact. One-third of all of his batted balls during that weekend series. So the contact quality is not as good as I think people expect it's going to be. It's a lot of good fortune batting average. You're right. He did have some very fair hits, but the stat cat numbers grade that he really should have ended the weekend with four hits. What, um, you know, I glossed over this when we talked about Otani, but if you had one roster spot for a hitter, would you take Otani or Jared Walsh right now? Walsh won that game Sunday night. He had two home runs, including the walk-off. And I like Jared Walsh. You know, I've got shares of him in a bunch of places. Yeah, I think I mean he's not going to steal bases like Otani can, but he's going to play more. And and if they you know if they just stop, I mean Joe Madden with this ridiculous Albert Pool, you you can't play pool holes over Jared Walsh. That's ridiculous. I mean both managers last night, my God. I mean he he left he left Otani in to get the win. He absolutely yeah. left him in to get yes, the win. He did. He managed I was to a, on three hitters. I, he 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 did the wrong thing, yeah. the wrong thing. But everyone loves him. I don't know why. Anyway, Walsh. I think, think, by the way, that the fact that he had him as a pitcher in the lineup also contributed. I think that also did too. It made managers poor decisions. They manage for stats, for wins, for saves. I mean, it's just ridiculous that this is still happening. But I like Jared Walsh a lot, and I think he's hitting thirty home runs and batting two seventy, which means I'd rather have him than Otani. Although Otani will steal bases. But what would you say? Because most people would think that's a ridiculous statement. I don't think that's a ridiculous statement, and I bet more people than you think would be on board with what you've said there. If you're only taking the hitting numbers, it's a competitive race. There have been times where I had both of these players ranked ahead of each other during the preseason and offseason, and Walsh's natural power potential is competitive with Otani's. You said the stolen bases. I'm going to take Otani because I'm going to shoot for the moon in those mixed leagues, but you're right. Walsh is probably a lot safer player. He's going to see a path to 30 home runs a little bit more cleanly than Otani will. Let's play a little game of real or not real. You wrote about Michael Taylor um, of the Royals on Monday, so I'm guessing you think this is real, but let's let's play anyway. <laughs> Real-ish, yeah. And I do detail this in the column about there what it is that I like about him. But that, it's it's real-ish. Uh, Gavin Lux of the Dodgers. That's real. I like Lux. I like Lux a lot. And he just needs to find a way into that lineup each and every day. Old Giants, Longoria and Posey. Uh not real Longoria. That's a very crowded infield. That's another real-ish with Posey. I think you, did you, were you the one who mentioned or was it in one of my uh, home leagues where we mentioned that Posey is another elevated floor catcher and that's a good thing to be? I mean, I think he could bat 280, uh, maybe 10 home runs. Is that special? I don't know. Not really. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't, doesn't hurt, hurt you. But I mean, I just mentioned Mercedes could bat 280 with 10 home runs. So I, I don't know, but I mean, look, I'm not adding Mercedes and dropping one of the top six or seven catchers. But when we get down to, you know, Molina, Posey, like, you know, Carson Kelly didn't even play. Like, yeah, I, I might. I might actually do it. You know, he and you say he didn't make hard contact. He, he had a homer and two doubles, too. So against good pitching. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, well, I, 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 might, I might quibble with you on that one. He can hit. He can hit. Okay. It wasn't good pitching, though. He had Andrew Heaney for one of them. Uh, but beyond Heaney's that, he's a did... good pitcher. What's right, but that was, it, was one, it was one batted ball off Andrew Heaney. He shouldn't be in a platoon with Andrew Vaughn, that's for sure. 
Andrew Vaughn is the third most added player. I can't believe that Andrew Vaughn is going to sit for your Mercedes, but you know, anyway, um, who else did I want to ask you about real or not real? Um, Nixon's on another injury. Josh Donaldson, another injury. Byron Buxton, your boy, I know you love him, but he can't stay. How, I mean, like, what do we do? We need to be hit over the head here. He's he's going to hit for power. He can yeah. steal bases. He had a two walk game for Christ's sake, but he can't stay healthy. Come on, you know it. I I um I've told you so often about my twelve team keeper league. We keep one hundred and forty four total players on the major league side of things. I let Byron Buxton go, and I had him at a dirt cheap price. I couldn't justify him. It was a six by six league, and you know what? He ended up being the number three pick, and it was my brother's. And I'm like, oh, geez, you wouldn't trade for him, and now you're taking him in the first round of this draft. People are always lured in by Byron Buxton, and I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm not this year. I'm being realistic. Have you changed your mind about – here are a couple of players. Um, the one on Texas who's knocking in all the runs, Nate Lowe. I am not changed from where I was during the offseason. I'm changed on where I was down on his bad spring, like March 15th to 20th. Have you changed your mind on Jazz Chisholm of Miami? Because it's blue hair and it's beautiful. And he can run. <laughs> I have not changed my mind because I love Jazz Chisholm. I've loved Jazz Chisholm for a while. What about Chris Owings? <laughs> yeah. That's a good name to throw at me. I, no, I haven't changed my mind. You you want to try and persuade me on Chris Owings? No, I can't. <laughs> well, he's going to play. He's going to play regularly oh. and he can steal a base, but oh. I don't know. And in course, how can he bat less than 200? I don't, I know I'm not adding Chris Owings, but I know people are. That's a, you know what? That's a perfect stream him in all the course games if you want. There'll be a little value there. Let's talk about starting pitchers here. There are others other than Otani, you know. Now, how about that Barrios-Burns game? Corbin Burns, Jose Barrios striking everybody out, giving up no hits. Both got pulled early on pitch counts, which is fine for the first weekend. If they're doing it in May, I have a problem. But, I mean, managers are just guessing on pitch counts. They're just they're, Everybody's just guessing. 100 is just a number. We all love it when a pitcher throws 100 or 100 pitches. You know, here comes the bear to pull them out of a game. It's just they're just guessing. Oh, I'm I'm 75 to 80 or, you know, or whatever it is. Okay, but fine. Just don't do it in May. All pitchers are different. Jose Barrios and Corbin Burns are different. They could each handle a different workload, but whatever. But Barrios looked great. Burns, we knew Burns would look great. Barrios, though, I, I think people were a little concerned. I think he changed a little this spring, though. This could be an ace. This could be a guy who pushes his way into the top 10 of starting fantasy pitching, right? Yes, he can. Uh, love Barrios. Have loved Barrios, made the case in the preseason. Think the curveball is the path to success, has to get the command of the fastball back. This is a very good first start on that. Also, it noted during spring training, he did show some improvement with the fastball command, gained a little bit of the spin rate on that pitch. Uh, I am supremely angry I didn't get uh, more Barrios shares. And Labor Ale is one of the key ones. He cost a fortune. Uh, let's get some pitchers with rough outings. Are you concerned? Luis Castillo, that was bad. That was really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Flaherty was bad too. Couldn't get the win. Kershaw, that's cores, so probably not so bad. But uh, any any top 30 or 40 starting pitchers that you saw have an outing, you were like, oh, maybe I shouldn't like them. Anything like that? Or you would need, I would need like three or four starts. Like Kyle Hendricks. All right, that was bad, but it was one outing. I'm not, I'm not jumping off that bandwagon. 30 or 40, I was bothered by Sean Manaya because we've talked about yes. the fact that he's a control guy and he did show a little bit a little bit of improvement during spring training in terms of missing bats and then gave a lot of it back in this one start. One start, yes, but if, if this is who he is, 
that he's just not going to get K's at all, he's going to be capped at maybe 35 on the starting pitching rankings. All right, Castillo, I want to see his next couple of outings, but I'm not I'm not going to worry. I didn't bench him this week. I've got Castillo everywhere, and I'm not benching him this week. And uh, obviously the Dodgers, ridiculous depth. I mean, they're playing Chris Taylor at every position, every game. Like they can do – and then they're starting – but Gonsolin went on the DL, and that's kind of interesting. Um, Price got lit in the bullpen, but who knows if, if that means anything. I bet Price is going to get a chance to start 20 games. 20 games might be a lot. I don't know. Interesting. Oh, I want to see what Dustin May does. I've got to throw you another name, and I'm sorry we're taking the train right back to where it was. Chris Paddock is another one. That that, that was bad. Yeah, I watched that, actually, and I thought of you. And then Paddock got traded for Granky in one of my leagues, and I thought, man, I think I <laughs> – which is interesting. Yeah. Right? Because you and I had the oh, debate yeah. about Familiar. that. Yeah, and I got but, crushed in the voting on that one, and then you're, you're looking quite good there. By the way, the thing that bugs me about Paddock is he was awful in the final 10 days of spring training. And he didn't have any command of his pitches on Sunday. And didn't that, throw the curve. Not no, once. Bad. You know, with Otani, that was basically a slider he couldn't get over. But with Paddock, it was everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've got concerns about him. You're not dropping Chris Paddock. But if you want to bench him this week, I wouldn't have a major problem. I don't even know who they're playing this weekend. But, I, you know, like that's a guy like, yeah, I'd take Granky over Paddock too. You know, if all context is equal, you know, with salaries and all that. It's just, man, I was watching that game and I'm thinking, are they really going to sweep? And then, you know, Taylor Widener out of nowhere. And if you want to add Taylor Widener... I can't tell you that Taylor Widener is not going to be decent this season. He could be Merrill Kelly. He could be useful in the league. But I, I, I don't think I would bet on it. Yeah, that was his first major league start. You're shaking your head. What? You, you want to know Paddock's matchup? It might change things. It's at, at Texas. Not a good offense. <laughs> and it but, would be a pitching-friendly park if we go with 2020 but numbers. He, if you can't throw strikes, man, that's a problem. I, I probably wouldn't sit anybody starting pitching-wise. It's a weekend. How are you sitting, guys, yep. already? Yep. You know, and I understand people have look, the Nationals, okay, they still haven't played. They we hope they play Tuesday, but I'm seeing people drop some of their players. And that's just a, if you draft a Schwarber, you can't be dropping them already. Okay. Maybe he doesn't play at all this week. You want to bench him, fine. You're dropping Corbin after because they didn't play this weekend. That's a mistake. And the Mets are playing in Philly tonight. You're not you shouldn't be dropping JD Davies. You should drop VR, but okay, they didn't play this weekend. You're picking up Mer- Merriweather and dropping Corbin. I can't do that. I can't. You know, or dropping hand for Merriweather. We'll get the closers in a second. But look, there's going to be other teams. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, we pray there's no other breakouts like the Nationals or like the Vancouver Canucks. Have you seen what's happening there? That's scary stuff, man. Yep. Scary stuff. Yep. And hopefully, baseball is an outdoor sport can handle this. And but you know, don't don't go dropping your national. If you know if you want to drop a national, you weren't counting on fine. But Victor Robles, don't drop Victor Robles. Anyway, um, let's move on before I get in trouble. We'll close the carousel. Tristan, sing it. It's the closer carousel. All right. And when we looked at the most added drop list, and that's usually where people over the number one most added pitcher is Jordan Romano. He shouldn't be right. I mean, Julian seven days thing. That's, that's definitely a still, still clinging a little to the Kirby Yates news, but he's up to 74.5% as of this show's taping and on Monday morning. Merriweather's a 22.5%. Yeah. I, I predict by the end of the week, Jordan Romano's on the most drop list. I mean, do, but do you, do you really think Merriweather keeps this role? Came out of nowhere. Well, it was nearly nowhere. There were a couple of the Toronto Beat reporters that were hinting that he could grab at least a second or third in line relief job. But I, I watched every pitch this guy threw this weekend, and I was blown away by what I saw. He overpowered some good Yankee hitters. 
He threw 22 pitches. He hit 100 with one of his fastballs on Sunday. He averaged 98 and change with that. And the changeup, by the way, he was painting the edges of the strike zone with precision. I, I'm, 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 I was really amazed by what I saw in those two games. And it's rare to overreact to this, but you kind of have to at the closer position. It's nothing against Romano. Romano's a very good pitcher, and he didn't have necessarily terrible outings. Merriweather looked a lot better. What you don't want to do is pass on a guy like Merriweather because you think it's only a short-term thing, and then it ends up with 28 saves and 100 strikeouts and you know, and has an amazing year. And that's why I'm reacting to everything this week. And depending on your, your, depth, your, your bench, your depth, you know, I'm adding Chris Davinsky in a league because he maybe he's Arizona's closer. I've added Melanson in a league because the Breit reporters were wrong. They said it was Emilio Pagan. It's not Emilio Pagan. It's Melanson. I've been saying that for a month, and then the Breit reporters said the opposite. And now, clearly, Pagan pitched the seventh inning in the opening day. It's not him. Like, the Breit reporters don't know any better. It's just amazing here. And then Diego Castillo got both raised saves. People are going to start dropping Peter Fairbanks, which I think is fair, except Peter Fairbanks I still think is going to have a fantastic year. With 100 strikeouts, 10 saves. I mean, he's Nick Anderson with a higher whip. Yeah, I like it. That's exactly what I was thinking. He's the Nick Anderson role. But there's other closers here that you can get on the cheap. I mean, yeah, the Reds had no saves this weekend, but that doesn't mean Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims aren't closers or co-closers. Jake McGee clearly has San Francisco's role. Um, and he, oh, Philadelphia is clearly going with um, Hector Neris, and we'll see how long that lasts. Um any other ones that you want to discuss? I mean, like we should uh, we should touch Chris on Baltimore. Defense. We should touch on Detroit. You know, and- I watched Cesar Valdez close both those games. He's throwing eighty five miles per hour. He's a changeup guy. How can this last? I, I don't see how it can. How can it last? But you know, he did a little of this late last season as well. I and I'm with you. The other thing to keep in mind here is that it might not be a lot of save opportunities for him. So we're talking scraping the bottom portions of the barrel. Maybe not the very lowest end. But we still got to mention what he did. And maybe Tanner Scott is going to be more of a matchups guy. He was thrown in there to face Rafael Devers in the opening game. I think that was by design. Lefties. That's what's happening with some of these lefties. I guess these are Valdez is the guy, but man, I, I would I rather have Davinsky. I, I don't even think Davinsky is the closer. I think he just got a save on Sunday. Soria got hurt. He, he came out early that threw off their bullpen. Soria came in in the eighth inning. He was not closing that game. But Soria they, was in the eighth inning. Right, but but the fact that he had to get yanked for that. Who came in after him? Ginkle, I think, came on a really got the last out, and then Davinsky got the ninth. So Ginkle could very well have gotten the ninth yeah. if that was the bullpen pattern. We just don't know. I don't think quite enough yet about the Arizona bullpen. And a sorry injury could shake things up. You're I mean, right. Davinsky could grab it. I mean, you'll update your rankings, and people should go by those. But like, whether it's Merriweather versus Ian Kennedy, like everybody's going to jump on Merry Merriweather here. And I, I wouldn't Merriweather. I guess he's throwing a hundred, and Kennedy isn't, but. I mean, Alex Reyes is St. Louis's closer, apparently, out of nowhere. I mean, we thought that all the B reporters said it was Jordan Hicks. You know, I thought Gallegos, and now it's Reyes. It's just amazing. And by the way, to to break down that comment, the interview did suggest that Reyes was the leading guy. And I read that a little bit like in the initial game, that it wasn't a proclamation. He was locked into that role. Let's rank these guys. We'll see. We we need to rank them because everybody can't get every closer. Davinsky versus Merriweather, we all take Merriweather. By a um, landslide. Merriweather versus Diego Castillo. Merriweather. Really? Close, though. Um, well, that, that jumps it up. Merriweather versus Rafael Montero. Merriweather. Who, by the way, could lose that job to Kendall. Kendall Graveman's throwing better than Montero. Um, so you, you've got Merriweather, like, top 10, don't you? Not quite top 10. I, I want to be a little bit 
little conservative with the projection, but he is likely top six, 15, 16. Are we, so we, we're not Merriweather versus James Karinchak yet. Yeah. See, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure it's Karinchak's job. So that's a question of, I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. That's so, so that's a tough, that's a tough head to head debate because of one of them might very well have it. And one might very well not. I like Karinchak's stuff better of the two of them. Well, but, Merriweather throwing a hundred. I mean, that's Karinchak, isn't it? Like I, yeah, it's better control of it. I mean, I mean, if you watch the way he was, he was placing that change up. Oh man, he was just touching the bottom part of the strike zone. And and, and Karinchak doesn't have that. Don't cut the closers who didn't get save chances. Matt Barnes, Boston didn't win a game or even come close. Or Will Smith of Atlanta, they'll win some games. They'll win plenty of games. Phillies, Phillies swept Atlanta, Atlanta to start the 2019 season and ended up 16 games behind them. Stop overrating the rain. You know what happened the first weekend of the season. It's going to be fine for the good teams. One more for you. Yeah. We got to talk about Oakland. Do we have a problem in Oakland? Well, the problem is that. I mean, yeah, as of our last show, Trevor Rosenthal was healthy. And then all of a sudden he goes in the DL with a shoulder. He wasn't um, in, no, he wasn't entirely healthy when we did the last show, but they were talking about it, that he's all good for opening day. And then all of a sudden, oh, nope, nope, no, he's not. Look, trust nobody. I mean, I honestly, I mean, that's basically what we're at. Like, trust nobody. He was hurt in spring training. He was definitely hurt and missed some time in the middle of spring training. Not his shoulder. It wasn't his shoulder. Wasn't it like a groin? Right. I thought, wasn't it? I thought it was arm or forearm, something like that. It was a mild injury, a mi- air quote, mild injury. <laughs> Nothing's a mild injury anymore. The fact is, we don't know when Rosenthal is going to be healthy again. Jake Diekman pitched once and he pitched poorly. So, I mean, Sergio Romo could end up with 20 saves. I, I don't know. I think I would try to keep Rosenthal uh, rostered. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it was. I was right. It was a groin. So he missed some, he missed like a week or so with, with a strained groin. They never said a word about his shoulder until he went on the DL on opening day. You Not one word about a shoulder or an arm injury until then, which makes me mad because got, nobody knew. I've got two letters and a word for you. JB Wendelkin. Tough. You know what? Um, <laughs> yes, you're right. Wendelkin should get the opportunities over Sergio Romo. Jake Diekman's a lefty, so who knows how that manager feels about that. I mean, bringing in lefties to face lefties. He said I think closer when Rosenthal went on the, the I.L. I, I think Wendelkin is an excellent call there if Rosenthal's out long-term. All right, um, that's a long first half of the show. Let's bring in our pal Kyle Soppy now with Trivia and Hash Browns. What do we got, Kyle? Yeah, we've got some Hash Browns. I, I kind of had a trivia question. It's, you know, not the end of the world. It's not a big trivia question, but Jake Cronenworth had an extra base hit and a walk in each of his first each of his team's first three games. I want to know if you can tell me who the player was that last did that. And I'll give you a hint. His 2021 ADP was half that of Cronenworth. You know, on the good side. Yeah. Or okay. <laughs> last player with an extra base hit and a walk in the first three games of the of the season? The team's first three games, not necessarily his first three games. So we'll circle back to that. Obviously, a lot of hash browns came in. Love that. Keep firing away the questions. A lot of them were on guys you've already addressed, but we'll try to, you know, try to touch on some new names here. Angry Moose wants to know if Goldschmidt is back to be being considered fantasy elite. Obviously, minus the stolen bases. Well, I would argue he can't be elite without the stolen bases. That's what made him partially elite in the first place. I mean, obviously, if he's a thirty homer, hundred RBI guy. Um, 
who he bats 300, then we love him again. But he hasn't had a 30-100-300 season since 2015. Now, he's come close, obviously, since then. But And last season, in a, in a brief two months, he batted 304, but he had one steal. If he's if he ends up with 30 and 100, 300, okay, that's great. That's elite. But if he still four bases, he's not to his old self. So we're, we're splitting hairs here, elite versus his old self. But he could be... I mean, he he's not Freddie Freeman, but could he could Goldschmidt be the number two first baseman in fantasy? I'm not saying he is by any stretch, but could he be? Sure, because I think there's an opening there, like in a way, like obviously Bellinger, I look at as an outfielder, LeMay, who I look at as a second baseman. But if you said to me, who's the who's the second best first baseman in fantasy? And the names would be like Jose Breu, Vlad Guerrero, who had a monster home run, Peter Alonso, Goldschmidt. Yeah, I could see Goldschmidt being the number two first baseman. Even without the steals, you you could too. I probably could. He showed a, a tendency to to bump up the power a little bit. It might come at sacrificing a little bit of batting average. You're right. He could get there because that's a similar game to the other candidates like Jose Abreu or Pete Alonso. I'd probably take Abreu first there out of those if we're taking Cody Bellinger out. I figured you probably would. But the other thing is that that word elite. I mean, we we don't have a, a firm definition of it. I mean, to me, he's a true value top seventy five overall player. And top five capable first baseman, if you're taking out the multi-eligibles, is elite top 50? I can think he could get there. But no, nothing changed because of a weekend series against the Reds. And by the way, he only went nuts in one of those games. The first game, he had four hits. And in the second two games against the Reds, he was one for eight with four strikeouts. So let's yeah. not go overboard. All noise. This, this is a guy with all noise. I mean, Give it, me a month, and I can tell you if he's better than Jose Abreu, but not right now. All righty. Bo Bichette struggled in September last year, two for 12 to open this year. Nicholas wants to know if you're concerned. No. And, and that's going to be the general answer for 99 out of 100 players. I mean, like we could do a show, Tristan, on Thursday about players we are concerned about. Can we even fill a show with that? I don't know. I mean, like, I'm yeah. not even being facetious. Like, how many yeah. players are you really concerned about? I don't know. I mean, like, role changes, yes. Okay. Obviously, I don't want to roster Archie Bradley anymore or David Price anymore. Their roles changed, okay? But performance-related, you know, dumping guys, no. Certainly not Bichette. I love Bichette. I take Bichette over Goldschmidt every day. Um, I think Bichette's a star. And the fact that he's batting, what, third for that team? Man, I love him. I mean, you want to ask me about Marcus Semien? That's interesting. Oh, we didn't do, um, what are they called? The combo meals. You want to see that one? We'll get to that. Sing that. You you want to jump in with that now? Why not? There's no sounds anyway. It's a combo meal. Combo. Combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. It's a brief one. It's just Buxton and Semyon. We already talked about Buxton, (laughs) who had three combo meals in the first 432 games of his career. He probably missed a thousand in that time. And then he had one on Thursday. And and look, I love him, but he can't stay healthy. You remember the stat where I said I gave you the walls. I gave you the 162 team game numbers for Bucks, and I think this was entering 2020's season. And during that time, I think he had missed 180 team games. He's missed the majority of his games. Yeah, it's crazy, but there's no denying the production when he's there. Well, there is. There is denying it because last season he didn't yeah, run. So he was pretty bad last year. He yeah. didn't walk and he didn't run. I mean, look, Buxton, he has he's gonna strike out. He's not gonna he had two walks in the opener, but I I don't know. I just I don't even remember what the question was, but anyway, Samian, Samian looked good. Bobuchet, no concerns whatsoever. Love him. Okay, what 
Go ahead. The, the only thing I'll say on that one is you saw a lot of off-speed stuff. And look, I, that, that means there's just not enough sample yet. So you saw Vlad for those games. You were watching Yankee games. I mean, yeah. impressive, right? He looks Vladish. There was a little bit more elevation on the ball than I was expecting, but that's another small sample noise situation. I would say after 10 to 15 games, if we're seeing the ground ball rate dropping below 50, that's when you're going to see a Vlad breakout. Alrighty, Rishi wants to know what types of leagues Kyle Isbell is worth an add-in. The new Royals right fielder, Kyle Isbell, who he stole a base Sunday, if I remember. I look at all the box scores, but I can't memorize everything. Um, good weekend for the Royals. They scored some runs. Um, Isbell had a, couple, a bunch of hits. He had a triple. He struck out. Um, yep. He's going to strike out. Yep. Um, but he, he can steal bases, and it was a good percentage base stealer. It doesn't look like he has a ton of power. But, I mean, an AL only, obviously. But I don't think you, you can't add him in a 12-team ESPN mix yet. I think it's 15-team mix we're looking at. And even there, there's some question as to whether you add him. Uh, you're taking him because he's going to give you some stolen bases. I do think he makes better contact than we showed uh, during this opening weekend. The other thing, too, I think he will get some third base. I think That would be interesting. The, based okay, on the nature would... of the roster, I think, and the Royals are very apt to, to shift guys around in positions, I think he might sneak in some third base. Now that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, because he only played outfield in the minors in 2019, center field, right field. So, but I think plays- he might be tested there. I wouldn't be shocked. All right. What's next? Dylan's got our last question for the day. Valdez, McGee, Soria. Who ends 2021 with more saves? Well, I am not on the Soria bandwagon. He probably hits the injury list today, but I wasn't anyway because he didn't win the job. I don't know if it's Davinsky, but it doesn't look like Soria. I dropped him in a league. Um, Valdez, I just I watched him with that stuff. I can't – I mean, maybe he keeps the job, but, I mean, no Orioles getting 30 saves. So, I mean, I still think Jake McGee, G, McGee it's going to be tough for him to keep the job for six months, but it's a good start, and he clearly has it. There's no competition. So, Jake McGee would be the answer here. I don't know if there's any debating that one, really. Nope. Not really. But I would sell high, like at some point in April, because I he had a great year for the Dodgers. He's not a Dodger anymore. Like you have to look at certain teams differently, you know? I mean, it's nice to pitch in San Francisco's home ballpark, but I don't know. They got a lot of right handers there. They have a manager who does stuff. Man, I question a lot of managers. I and that one especially. In in defense of McGee, though, with the team note is a lot of his bad came in Colorado. Can be forgiven a little bit. But you're right. Last year, by the way, he was almost entirely fastball reliant. It was weird. You can't get by on simply one pitch, and he was a one-pitch guy. No, even a closer needs more than – well, your closer, best of all time, had only one pitch. But, yeah, I mean, you need you need a little bit more than that. Anyway, we'll see. I, I think Jake McGee should be rostered in more than 50% of leagues, and right now he's not. Uh, we need to answer the trivia question, and I don't have any clue who it is. And you'd have to give us more hints than he was a top I'll 100 take, player. I'll take one stab based on that hint. I'm going to say Mike Yastrzemski. Hmm, not a bad guess, but wrong. Corner infielder, you guys are a little bit down on him compared to years past, plays in the NL Central. So this is a corner infielder, not Arenado, who um, who had a walk and a hit, an extra base hit in each oh, of his first no. three games. No, yep. I'd say Rizzo, but his ADP was too good. Correct. Correct in saying that's wrong. Not Chris Bryant. Yes, yeah. Chris Bryant. There we go. Yeah. yeah. And again, nothing that happened this weekend changed. I mean, I had Bryant in a league, but only because I had to keep him. I didn't have anyone else. Um, I'm still not 
saying I'm 100% positive that he's going to be great again, ever, or steal. You're not a contract year player guy? <laughs> of course not. That's, that's made up stuff. I um, know, I know. And, and they could trade him. If they're, if they're under 500 in July, they might just trade him away. You know, I mean, I'm trying to think of players like good for Cronenworth. That was a, that was an interesting weekend. He played, he batted high in the lineup. I still don't know if he can hit lefties. I don't know if he's a stolen base guy. He's a guy who makes contact. You got to like guys like that. As I said, it's a very key week for players like him and for Profar and for Mateo and Kim to a certain degree, because they're going to get the extra games with the DH in Texas. ESPN's got four games on their air this Monday. You probably they probably already started with Minnesota at Detroit, but later on, Kansas City at Cleveland, um, Tampa at Boston. Your boy Nick Pavetta against Michael Walker. Runs will be scored. Oh, my Oregon. boy! Wait, 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 wait! You're assigning me uh, Nick. Pavetta? I, ha- I have no. I have assigned you Nick Pavetta. Oh no! Uh, the Don't late care. night game, Carlos Rodon and Justice oh, wait, Sheffield. What? So we're around to like number four and five starters. Today should be a day with a lot of runs scored. My goodness, look at some of these runs. How many except runs for, is Trevor the Williams Grom game? It's like Jacob DeGrom, one of these things is not like the other. But everybody else is like a fourth or fifth starter. These Stefani gives up at least five runs. Um, I want to see what Luis Garcia that Houston does. You know, I've got him rostered in a bunch of spots. I think he's interesting. Houston's going to hit. Houston's got to go. And I mean, that's only one weekend, but it was at Oakland. And I don't, I don't know about the Angels. I don't know. I mean, I, I just want to see what Luis Garcia does. That's the guy to watch. And, and certainly we need to watch Fulton who used to be good, then wasn't, but now has his velocity back. Got to face a tough Toronto lineup. I mean, Steven Matz, I'm not buying, but Texas, I'm not buying that offense. Yeah. I mean, come on. Nate Lowe is the obvious sell high guy. I mean, he's he's not knocking in a hundred runs, Nate Lowe. I mean, I mean, nobody's trading for him. Uh, we should mention Tuesday, uh, ESPN's got Mets, Phillies, uh, hopefully Stroman and Chase Anderson. That should be fun. And ESPN Plus has Tyler Glass now, second outing. This is at Fenway. Tyler Glass now, really good. Some of the aces come back again on Tuesday, um, Wednesday. Let's see. ESPN Plus has the Mets, Phillies, David Peterson, and Aaron Nola. Somebody added David Peterson in my big league. That's interesting. I I think he's – like the Phillies didn't hit a whole lot this weekend in sweeping Atlanta. I, I haven't changed my mind about them at all. Um, I still don't think it's a division winning team. I mean, I think Atlanta is not Philly, um, but hopefully I'm wrong. You know, I mean, I love the team. Um, Kyle Hendricks second outing is against the Brewers on Wednesday. Trevor Bauer is at Oakland. Dodgers get the, the, uh, the designated hitter. So that's interesting. That's another one where I was saying they're a matchup driven team that gets the extra games. It's a good thing for them. Uh, and then Thursday we have our next show. So that is all for today. Any final thoughts, Tristan? I, I we, we didn't mention his name at all, but I'm going to be closely closely watching the Logan Allen game for Cleveland on Monday. I'm curious to see how he pitches, and you get the opportunity to watch that nationally, which and is always please good. make sure you if you're adding Logan Allen that you add the right Logan Allen. Cleveland yes. has two of them, and they're what? both left-handed. Only one's in the majors, though, right? Yes, one of them was the 2020 second round draftee. The other one is the one that was acquired from the Padres. Padres. Which deal was that? That was with friend Mel Reyes and the Trevor Bauer three team deal. Clevenger deal. I don't know. I mean, yes. Um, anyway, the, make sure you add the right Logan Allen. If you add any at all, we'll be back Thursday to recap the uh, next three days. Uh, as always, the baseball tonight podcast has you covered daily and they have is- issues on that show that we can't get, get to. So please make sure to make that part of your morning routine. That's all for now for Tristan and Kyle. I am Eric. Have an awesome week.